Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. Happy to be with you on a Monday. Hello. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Jason Hammer. Big Nige is here. Hey, man. Let's not waste any time. Get the bread ready. Get the milk ready. We've got severe weather on the way. I got to get the bread and milk. Warning. Warning. They said snow. Weather alert. I got to get the bread and milk. Snow is coming to India. I got to get the bread and milk. Oh, my God. So sometime tomorrow evening, Nige, the weather's going to go from cold to fugly pretty quickly. <laughs> Is that a meteorological term? Is that yes. even a word? Is meteorological uh, even a word? I think both are terms, actually. <laughs> Let's just say that they are. And the weather will turn a little dicey. You're going to start seeing some snow. And then, unfortunately for Matt Bear, it sounds like Wednesday morning, that morning drive oh is going to be just an absolute mess. This it's thing gonna, could go any direction. And it's going to be one of those things where I, I, I hope I hope it's not as bad as they're saying it's going to be. Like, but this looks like the real deal, unfortunately. So again, that imaginary line of I seventy sounds like it's going to be like the dividing line here. If you live in the northern part of the WIBC listening area, you will see more snow. If you live in the southern portion of the WIBC listening area. You'll see a little less, but I do think everybody is going to see something. Now, the time of the arrival, we will know more about that tomorrow, but as of right now, downtown Indianapolis, kind of the metro area, if I'm following the weather forecasters correctly, Nige, yes. they're calling for anywhere from one to 7,554 <laughs> inches of snow tomorrow. There's a little wiggle room there. Uh, <laughs> little, just leaving themselves a little bit of room for maneuver. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think Wednesday's going to be brutal. Again, I, I was hoping it's going to be one of these things. And we can ask we can ask our friends over at Wish TV if this is one of those things where, well, it could get this bad, but it really might not get that bad. But it looks as if this is kind of a big deal. So tomorrow and Wednesday, uh, team coverage around here at WIBC. And honestly, the most valuable player we're going to have is Matt Bear. Because if these forecasts are correct, it sounds like that morning drive on Wednesday is going to be somewhat, shall we say, screwed up. Yeah. So we'll have more on that. The one thing that I'm looking forward to, every time they have severe weather happening, whether it's here in Indy or around the country, these TV stations that put their forecasters and their reporters out in the elements, and then they tell <laughs> you, don't go out in these elements. Yeah. I think it was in Iowa where they put the sports guy out there. I don't know if they were short-staffed, if the weather guy was off that day. They put one of their sportscasters outside to report on a winter storm. I normally do sports. Uh, Everything is canceled here for the next couple of days. So what better time to ask the sports guy to come in about five hours earlier than he would normally wake (laughs) up, go stand out in the wind and the snow and the cold, and tell other people not to do the same. (laughs) 
Mark, how are you feeling out there? <laughs> uh, again, uh, the same way I felt about eight minutes ago when you asked me that same question. <laughs> you know, I, I'm used to these evening shows that are only 30 minutes long, and generally on those shows, I'm inside. So uh, this is a really long show. Tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier. <laughs> I love that guy. Now, normally, I'm a guy that wants to be part of that, right? My bucket list is to cover a hurricane outdoors somewhere, but I'll pass in the winter storm. <laughs> I don't want to be standing outside really? freezing yeah. to death, man. It's a difference, huh? Snow blowing in your face. I'm I'm good with that. Uh, producer Sam is with us today. Hit me with hey, some Sam. legal stuff. Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff. You may have heard on the news earlier at the top of the hour, the jury for the Delphi murder case will come from either St. Joseph or Allen counties. So of all the counties in the state of Indiana, apparently this judge, Francis Gull, has said, we think the people in St. Joseph or Allen County are the biggest know-nothing rubes in the state of Indiana that probably have the best chance of never even heard of this trial going on right here. You know, this I saw this. So they're either I mean, Allen County is what I mean, both of these are kind of near Fort Wayne, right? So Allen well, County St. Joseph's like, is South Bend, yeah, and Allen County is Fort Wayne. Um so I mean Allen's like that's two hours away from Carroll County. Are these people gonna be uh, I'm assuming they're gonna be loaded up in a bus and and you know, pack your bags. It's time. Uh say goodbye to your family for a week or two. I mean, they're not gonna be going home two hours away every night, are they? I don't think they can. A case of this magnitude, I would right. imagine they'd be sequestered. But you're telling me that... But even if uh, they're not sequestered, Hammer, a two-hour commute back and forth for jury every day doesn't make sense. I, I don't know how it works, but I, I'm assuming they're going to tell them to pack their bags. So you're going to tell me that the people... <laughs> this trial's happening in Carroll County. The people yeah. in St. Joseph or Allen counties know less about this trial then let's say if you go down to like Scott County or Bartholomew County or somewhere like that, that's just, I think it's kind of a slap in the face to the people of those communities, I mean, isn't I it? I mean, St. Joe's only a, an hour and a half away. Right. Um, and Allen County, like I said, it's two hours away. I, I just hope they get this right. I, the jury selection process, it's got to, it's got to be incredibly complicated when it's a, a local trial, like here in Marion County, I can imagine how complicated and drawn out and expensive a process that is. Not that I'm saying expense should be considered here. We need to spend all the money we can to get this right for the for the victims and the families. And I want this to be a fair trial. I don't want any shenanigans. If, and this is a big if, if Richard Allen is the guy, then let's make sure every I is dotted, T is crossed, and have a fair trial. If he's not the guy, Let's find that out, too. Let's find if there's more people involved in this than just one guy. Because I think there's a very good chance that may be the case as well. I find it really hard to believe that only one person knows all the ins and outs of what happened to these two young ladies. I find that really hard to believe. So let's get it out there. Let's find all of the information. But the judge, Francis Gull, said St. Joseph County or Allen Counties is where the jury will be pulled from the date to keep in mind here is february 17th that's the bail hearing and it's at that hearing they will also discuss the rescheduling most likely of the trial 
because there are very, very few people that feel like this is going to start on time. Uh, weekend crime numbers, something we do every Monday here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Not a bad week here in Indianapolis. Uh, from Friday until Sunday, six people shot, two people killed. Now, that's two too many, but considering how this year has started, that's substantially less. It's been an awful start to 2023 <laughs> with homicides and shootings and stabbings. It's been incredibly bad. As a matter of fact, we have, through 23 days, uh, into the 23rd day, not even through, into 23 days, 61 people shot, 17 stabbed, and 14 killed. So if you look at the calendar here, we've got uh, just about over a week to go in January. We're looking at 14 homicides right now. Let's just say Indy gets to 20. So you're looking at 20 in January, which historically is a high homicide month in Marion County. But if you pace that out throughout the year, you're looking at what could be the second highest homicide rate of all time in the history of Indianapolis. Well, hey, at least you didn't break the record. <laughs> That's where we're at. Yeah. Have another party over at the city county building. Um, the city had 212 criminal homicides last year. There were 252 in 2021. Now, you got to keep in mind, there was a mass shooting involved in 2021, but 252 is the record, and 215 was 2020. So we are on pace for a top three year, well over Wonderful. 200 homicides. Now, the good news is, is that February, March, historically, those numbers go down. But as the weather goes back up, and you guys know this, the summertime here in Indianapolis, the numbers go back up. So maybe 20 isn't a sustainable number for every single month, but maybe let's it is. Not. Maybe it is. Uh, let's go back to August of last year. Joe Hogsett, Boss Hogsett, Diamond Joe, did an interview and said that uh, the streets, they're kind of a struggle bus. We are uh, struggling mightily to make our our streets and our neighborhoods as safe as we can make them now that's the mayor of indianapolis saying it's a struggle to make the streets safe in august of last year just a few months later late october this was prosecutor ryan mears first of all downtown is safe uh downtown is safe so those are two drastically different <sighs> messages only a couple months apart last year it's almost like they have no plan or no strategy to really make a difference Going down one or two or three isn't the grounds for throwing a party in this city. If you still have top three all-time homicides, there's no reason to high-five anybody. All right, Matt Baer, what is going on? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Purdue back at number one. Did I just see that? New poll is yeah, out. Wow. Boilers back in the top spot in the AP Top 25. Best start in school history. They only have one loss on the season. Purdue uh, back at number one after a couple losses of the teams that were ranked in front of them. If the NCAA tournament started today, 
And again, we get a long, long way to go until mid-March, but Purdue would be the overall number one seed, and they would get the winner of one of those play-in games. I think that IU-Purdue game coming up in February is going to be epic. Because IU, uh, are we like an IU again now? They're on a roll. They've had a a couple good wins. It feels like they're starting to learn how to play a little bit of defense anyway. (laughs) So progress. Uh, And Trace Jackson Davis is carrying that Indiana team. So I was looking at the bracketology, you know, if you want to call it that earlier today. If the tournament started today, IU would be like a nine seed playing that tough eight, nine game. Purdue would be a number one seed. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm liking what we're seeing so far. So, so what? So that what did you say tickets were going for for the, the IU Purdue game in Bloomington in February? Well, earlier in the season, just to get in the door was like over six hundred dollars. No way. Just that to sit up much. top in the rooftop, you know, the <laughs> up there by the banners yeah. at Assembly Hall. Whoa! But you got to keep in mind it's a Saturday night. It's the biggest rivalry. Yeah. Purdue's the number one team in the country. Indiana's got one of the best players in the country. So I can see it, it's man. It's going to be huge. It's going to be fun. Oh, boy. And this is what it's supposed to be like, right? Both teams, I hope they stay good. Now, this is coming from a neutral party, right? I'm a Tennessee Volunteers guy. I think the sport is better when IU and Purdue yeah. are both competitive and good. And when the Hoosiers go to Mackey Arena, I hope that place is rocking and rolling. And when Purdue goes to Assembly Hall, I think it should be the same. Like, that's college sports, man. That's what I want to see. Uh, did you watch any of the football games? Man, there's, I mean, really, really good uh, playoff football the past couple of weeks. I'm loving it, man. I, I had a, I wish the Cowboys would have won. That means I would have won had my financial interest involved in that. Oh, man, can I just win <laughs> one? Just one time, uh, but no, the games were awesome. I had a blast, yeah, and uh, looking forward to um, the AFC NSC title games next week. So we've got 49ers at the Eagles and the Bengals at the Chiefs, and you know what's frustrating to me? Just as a Colts fan, waking up on NFL uh, Sundays oh, yeah. and knowing your team doesn't have a chance in hell to win. <laughs> like, that stinks. We were so spoiled for a long time. Like, you'd wake up on Sunday, and it didn't matter if you were playing the Jags or the Patriots, you knew, you know, Peyton and Edge and Reggie Wayne and Marvin and Dwight Freeney and company, yeah. they were going to go out there and take care of business. You had a chance to win. You felt good every Sunday. Now we just want to get a coach. I think you and I, Nigel, are the only two people <laughs> in the city that haven't interviewed to be the head coach of the Colts yet. I think um, uh, House House member uh, Jim Banks, when he called the program, I, <laughs> I anointed him the new coach of the Indianapolis Colts last week. I mean, sooner or later, you have to hire somebody, right? They're putting these tweets out every single time they interview somebody, and there's like 15 different names so far. Let's go. Uh, so, okay, the Eagles minus two and a half. And then the Chiefs minus one and a half. These are going to be some close games, man. I'm curious in terms of the betting aspect, if Bengal fans are going to move that line. Because there's a lot of people that feel like Joe Burrow is the dude. Well, not only that, but uh, uh, Mahomes is uh, on a on a limp stick. Yeah, it's a high ankle sprain. If you've ever had one of those things, man, 
Like for me personally, I wouldn't come to work for three weeks, but I'm 45 <laughs> years old and fat. Patrick Mahomes plans to play this week, but how mobile is Man, he going he to looked, be? After that injury, he looked he looked in bad shape. I mean, he p- still played great, and, but he didn't look himself. No, there was a Chad Henney sighting. Chad Henney came <laughs> yeah. in, let him do a score. Yeah, let him do a touchdown drive. That's one of those dudes where I totally forgot he was even in the league. But again, as a Colts fan, we go through all these old dudes that can't do anything. Chad Henney's on the scrap heap. He comes in in a playoff game, marches right down and gets a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, he did have some help around him, though. Substantially better yeah. roster. Yeah. How did the Colts beat those guys? The Colts beat I the Chiefs. about that. How did they beat those guys? There was some NFL, idiot man. that had a 15-yard penalty late in the game. But why was it even that close? It's crazy. So, yeah, I am looking forward to some action. Uh, Sam, we've got a story from Texas, and I need some mood music. The stars at night yes. are big and bright. Big in the heart of Texas. <laughs> uh, so the Texas DMV has rejected a license plate from a vegan because they said it's vulgar. Vegan, so, a vulgar vegan pri- um, private license plate. Correct. Or personalized license plate. According to uh, a press release put out by PETA, because now PETA's involved, this vegan wanted to let everybody know that they loved tofu. And the license plate was L-V-T-O-F-U. <laughs> Some people would view that as love to F you. <laughs> This person thought it was love tofu. The DMV said, no, that's not love tofu. That's love to F you. It's a vegan, though. They're trying to show their love for uh, tofu. I love tofu. Love love tofu. But I could understand where love to F you might be. The uh, spokesperson out of the Texas DMV says, quote, this contains a common acronym for a vulgar term. Now they are appealing, well, and we'll see what happens. But just if you have a dirty mind, if you right. saw that in front of you, Nigel, what would be the first thing you think of? Vulgar plate, or hey, that's a vegan? F you. <laughs> that's what that's I thought what I too. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the Gun Guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Guy Rolford is the licensed firearms instructor and a Second Amendment attorney joining us for Monday Gun Day. Guy, how are you? I'm great, man. As thanks as always to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon. 8401 East Highway 36. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, and accessories. Check out my buddies at the fort at fortlibertyfirearms.com. Hammer, did you say we lost another person in the in the shootings in Los Angeles? So the total is up to 11. 11 now. is the okay. death toll now. Um, let me let me start here, guy. 11 people dead in this mass shooting at the Lunar New Year celebration near Los Angeles over the weekend. Uh, all the victims were Asian. The shooter is is dead too. He's an elderly Asian man. Uh, a couple things jumped out immediately. Uh, um, secondary, of course, to just the atrocity. Um, people immediately jumped to race hate with no details 
whatsoever on social media. Um, and then we find out that it's a 70-plus-year-old Asian man that did this right. horrific act. And then um, and then it turned to, you know, again, taking guns out of law-abiding citizens' hands. You had Shannon Watts of Moms Demand Action saying, quote, if more guns and more places made us safer, America would be the safest country on Earth. Instead, the U.S. gun homicide rate is 26 times that of our peer nations your initial thoughts well i mean a couple of things uh one is when whenever you see people like shannon watts using those kind of comparisons or statistics always dig into them a little bit and, and ask what countries she's comparing us to because what they do is they cherry pick the list come out and come up with those those kind of numbers and say oh look if you compare us to these european countries where there's never been a history of gun ownership at all and you limit it to uh, Firearm-related homicides. Well, of course, they're not going to be very many because they just simply don't allow their citizens to carry firearms there. So that, you know, when you when you when you look at other industrialized uh, nations and whatnot, uh, uh, United States is 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 well down the list. In fact, when it comes to number of mass shootings, uh, homicides per capita, and other things. So so be wary of those kind of statistics, no matter who's throwing them out. But the question that that anyone reacting to Shannon Watts should have is, well, Shannon, what law would you propose in the United States? I mean, here you were, I guess she just retired as the head of Moms Demand Action, big gun control group out pushing for uh, different gun control laws all across the country. What law would you like to see in the United States that California doesn't have? Ask her that question. It because seems like a lot of these happen in states with really tight gun control or in gun-free zones. Well, exactly, because what you're doing is you're restricting law-abiding citizens from having the capacity to defend themselves. You know, when when, when these things uh, try to unfold in places like, oh, say, Greenwood, Indiana, you can have a dramatically different result. Um, but, but, but California is the cornucopia of gun control. Yeah. California has the wish list. Everything Shannon Watts has ever proposed at any level— State, local, federal, California's got it already. They've got an assault weapon ban. They've got high-capacity magazine ban. They've got, you know, you name it, waiting limits, I mean, uh, uh, waiting periods. They, they've got absolute uh, high-capacity magazine, you name it. Everything across the board Shannon Watts has ever asked for, California has it, and we still had a mass shooting. So how does she turn around and look at you in the eye with any credibility whatsoever and say, well, we just need to pass more laws and we can keep people safe, and then give California as an example. It's ludicrous. That's a great question on what would have stopped this. Sure. Because, again, we don't know the official motive here. There are some reports that this may have been a domestic type of thing. Don't know that for sure yet. But what law would have been in place that would have stopped this? Can we make this an argument about the type of weapon that he used? Is that what California and people like Shannon Watts are trying to talk about here? Based on every bit of reporting I've seen, the gun he used was illegal in California. It was a pistol, but it's called a MAC-10. Well, it's a, 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 a later version of what we used to call a MAC-10. I don't, I don't know if you, you know, it's similar to another gun called a Tech 9 If you know these, they're, um, you see them in, in videos, you see them, they're, they're kind of glorified and gang culture they're they're 
crappy, lousy, horrible guns. They're unreliable as hell. If anybody showed up to one uh, to one of my classes with one of these things, I, I would literally not let them take the class. But they're they're designed to be high capacity. In other words, they have they, a lot of times they come with with long uh, what we call stick magazines, big long magazines. They're usually you know can be thirty rounds or so. In fact, the 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 law enforcement official down there who made uh, a press statement said this was a a, a quote unquote high capacity semi automatic assault pistol uh, with an extended magazine. And when I first read that, I went, "Oh, high capacity assault pistol! Oh, come on! It's probably going to be a Glock 19 with a 15 round magazine." No, it's uh, uh, it's called a Cobra M11. It's kind of a descendant because of changes in ownership of what we call a Mac 10. It looks like a quote unquote machine pistol, and they they tend to come with with long extended magazines. But if it has more than 10 rounds uh, in a magazine in California, it's illegal. And they already said it had an extended extended magazine, so we know on that basis it's illegal. They had that law in California. They passed it, much, I'm sure, to Shannon Watts' delight when they passed it, did absolutely nothing to stop a criminal, and that's what gun control proponents just can't get through their heads. It's almost, hear me out, as if crazy bastards will break the law regardless. Yeah, shocking, right? Shocking. Yeah, but if you just pass that one more law, Jason... Then somebody, oh, know, sure. at, at some point, everybody's just going to follow in line. Well, I think the other thing is, I mean, sometimes I feel like these guys aren't uh, uh, being honest, aren't even scared to come out and say what they really think about what they want to happen with guns right. in the United States. <laughs> exactly. They won't, I mean, just come out and say you want guns banned. Well, no, exactly. Just, just every gun, you don't want people to have them in their possession. Just come out. Except and for the government, it. of course. Yeah, except for the government. Well, no, I mean, you, I mean that you guys, that nails it. I mean, Nige, you just completely nailed it. But they can't just say ban all guns because they know we have a Second Amendment. We know we have a Supreme Court that has now defined the Second Amendment in a way uh, that wouldn't allow them to come anywhere close to accomplishing that. But, but at the end of the day, the arguments you, you really hear, specifically to your point, is just guns are bad. And, and, and they can't argue as to any specific proposal that they have on the table that would have prevented a shooting, particularly when you're talking about a state like California that has every damn thing under the sun when it comes to gun control. It's Monday Gun Day. Guy Relford is here. So let's bring our attention closer here to our backyard, the Indiana General Assembly. Uh, I believe this is the second week of trying to get some things done here. And it sounds like some of the Democrats in the House are trying to move some anti-gun legislation forward. You know, yeah. You know, we hear a lot in a lot of different contexts of, oh, uh, you know, politicians are all the same and none of them care about your constitutional rights and, uh, and it doesn't really matter what party you vote for. Let me tell you, when it comes to gun rights in Indiana, if you're paying any attention whatsoever comes to your your constitutional rights there's one party out there working to, to, to protect your rights advance your rights i know because I, I work on a lot of this legislation directly and there's one party trying really really hard to eliminate as many of your constitutional freedoms under the second amendment as they possibly can and that's the democrat party and let me give you some examples i i, I pulled up the list of what gun control because because I, I talked when i formed the two-way project you know, people said, oh, well, guy, we're in Indiana. You know, nobody's really trying to do anything that would restrict our rights. Really? Let me talk, talk to you a little bit about bills that we have. And, and cut me off here anytime, guys, because I could go on for at, at, you know, two more segments <laughs> on, on everything that's been filed. But just in the Senate, just in the Senate, 
In the state of Indiana in, only. In the state of Indiana, filed this year. This pending, they're all pending right now. They're still live, you know, and they, they, they still could be advanced uh, theoretically. Um, Lonnie Randolph, Democrat from Indianapolis, has Senate Bill 149 that would make any privately made firearm illegal, a level five felony. And this is simply if you buy the components, they can be serialized. Like t- when I, I've, I've built four or five now AR-15s where I bought the parts and I assembled them. I put because I, I built the, the different uh, I built the rifle from the different components that I wanted. Some components have advantages over others. I would be a felon, according to Senator Lonnie Randolph, because I simply bought, including a serialized lower, meaning I had to go through a background check. It has a serial number on it because I assembled the parts to make this firearm. He would make me uh, a level five felon, Lonnie Randolph. Uh, Democrat. Uh, my buddy J.D. Ford, who's actually my senator, right? I, I live in Zionsville. He's your senator. Yeah. Okay. He says if your your gun is lost or stolen, it's now there's now going to be a criminal penalty if you don't report that within 30 days. Real problem when I open this up because I always tell people your gun's lost or stolen. Yeah, you need to report it. Why should we not criminalize that? There's nothing in his bill that would indicate, for instance, that you even knew it was stolen. That's a moron. This guy's an idiot. Can I tell you my Ford story? He recently came to Beach Grove High School, and he wanted to speak to the kids about, you know, politics and questions. And he spoke to one group, uh, the, the Pride Club, did not speak to the student council and the class president class president is Chris Hammer. So young Chris Hammer was a little upset. He didn't get to go toe-to-toe with Mr. Ford here. Yeah, and, and, and get this. So if I don't report my gun lost or stolen within the time period, particularly stolen, and, and and even if I don't even know it's stolen, let's say, you know, like you, know, you vacation winners a lot of time, you know, mm-hmm. off, off in the Caribbean or somewhere, Jason, you know, you know, and, and, and somebody may break into your house. There's no requirement that you even know it's been stolen before J.D. Ford wants to punish you with his bill for not reporting your gun stolen within a particular uh, period of time. Um, can we, yeah. can we, let's take a quick break and come back because I want to yeah, go through you some bet. more of Yeah, because there's no, a whole bunch more. Time. Yeah, you guys cut me off anytime. All right, Guy Relford's here. We're going to bring him back for another segment. Don't go anywhere. Come on back. We're talking about your constitutional rights, what's going on at the Indiana State House, and more. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. All right, right now we've got cloudy skies, 34 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center. Guy Relford in studio with us Monday, gun day. We were talking about some of the bills that have been filed at the Indiana State House where they're trying in a roundabout way for some gun control here. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know about roundabout. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty direct. And what was that one we were just yeah. talking about? You lose your gun and you're, you're a criminal after 30 days if you don't report it. Yeah. But, but what even if, if you, you don't? Even if you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's that's your senator These and mine, people. J.D. Ford. Uh, so that's our representation in the Indiana Senate. Uh, there's there's kind of a new player in here, and, and this gentleman apparently was just elected in 2020 as a senator representing the northwest side of Indianapolis, uh, Fadi Kadura, and I, if I'm mispronouncing that, I sincerely apologize, but uh, Senator Kadura um, has, uh, has filed a bill that would amend the neglect of a dependent statute, and we've talked about that in the context of the Beach Grove situation where a toddler was, uh, was uh, videoed uh, in possession of a gun. This guy has now introduced a bill that says, if I simply store my gun in an area that's accessible to a dependent that I have, 
I store my gun in an area that's accessible to my dependent. Okay, unless it's in a safe or otherwise locked up, I'm guilty of neglect of a dependent, which is a felony. Wow. Consider that. Consider that. Uh, he, By the way, not to be outdone by that, he also has, has filed a bill that would repeal constitutional carry. Oh, okay. We've only fought okay. for that for you know 10 years in the state, finally got it done. But he's not the only one. Eddie Melton, another Democrat, has also filed a bill that would repeal constitutional carry, would also ban the sale of rifles and, and shotguns to anybody who's not 21. It's kind of a catch-22 here because Joe Hogsett and the gang, they love to do that victory lap about homicides being down last year, yeah. but also constitutional carry became law last year so on one hand they like the fact that they can say look at us our crime numbers are going down oh wait it's because of constitutional carry and law-abiding citizens can actually fight back damn it oh yeah you know our buddy russ mcquade who you know was kind of my antithesis uh from uh from his tv station whoever he's working for now um, you know, was criticizing constitutional carry and said, well, we'll have to see what the trend is on shooting in Indianapolis. And and, and again, it only went into effect July 1. And from right. that point, shootings went down. And then all of a sudden, you didn't hear much more about constitutional carry uh, from <laughs> Russ, which I thought was interesting. But, you know, that's just a sampling, guys. Uh, there are two different bills that would repeal constitutional carry. What, 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 my any, point, any of them got a chance of getting through? I don't think anything does. My point, though, is if you don't think elections matter, yeah. and if you don't think you know, who has the majority in the House and the Senate uh, in the Indiana General Assembly, just take a look. If you care at all about your Second Amendment rights, look at what Democrats are trying to do to your Second Amendment rights every single year. And I only went through what's going on in the Senate. I haven't even talked about what's been filed in the House. So it's a big deal, and we need to be uh, forever steadfast against this stuff. If somebody has any questions for you, what's the best way they can find you? Uh, RelfordLaw.com is the website. Best way to get a hold of me, RelfordLaw.com. You got a show coming up? I do, yeah. Saturday, yeah. I, I, I've had I'm on a roll. I've had like three or four shows in a row now uh, after the holidays, and yeah, we got a lot to talk about. A lot going on at the federal level. A lot going on here in the state house, and uh, and we're not giving up on playing offense too. One of these days, I come back for Monday Gunday. We'll talk about the pro two way uh, bills that we also have pending that that uh, do have a fighting chance. Guy Relford, thank you. Thanks, okay. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. Hammer's over there. I'm Nigel. We'll go to the drivehealer.com hotline and bring on the birthday boy, Marcus Bailey, meteorologist, Wish TV. I know. Am I a day late on the birthday? Yeah, Marcus? but hey, you know, when, when you get to our age, who cares? Are you the big four, the big four two? 42. Right yeah. on, man. Yeah. How did I mean, you... my, and, my, and my hairline says 50 something. So. <laughs> How did you celebrate? Go out to eat, uh, family. Um, um... Uh, so we had, I, I we went to a gymnastics competition for my daughter on Saturday evening, and we did absolutely nothing yesterday on my birthday, which That's is perfect. exactly what I wanted to do. It was that awesome. is perfect. Yeah, perfect. That was the calm before the literal storm yes. here. Yeah. Uh, the next couple of days, not looking real pretty. So no. what is the latest? What do we know as of right now, Marcus? Okay, and, and I'll preface this by saying there are still a lot of details we need to iron out here, but um, looks like probably our first 
real significant snowstorm of the season. Now, that's not saying much uh, considering what we've had. But we do have a winter storm watch in place. It's not the entire state. It's basically central and northern Indiana, the entire metro, the Donut Counties, plus Marion County, all included and everything kind of riding along I-70 and points uh, north. Now, this is going to go for all day on Wednesday. I think, guys, this is going to kind of come in a couple of waves here. You're going to get a wave coming in late Tuesday night in southern Indiana. It's probably going to start as rain and then flip the switch to snow, and that could creep as far north as, say, Bloomington or Columbus, and you'll get some accumulation of that. You're going to get a secondary wave deep into the overnight, late tomorrow night into Wednesday morning, and that's when everybody else is kind of in this here where we'll have some pretty heavy, wet snow uh, that's going to fill in through the overnight. I think the morning drive is going to be very difficult uh, for Wednesday morning, and we'll continue to keep that snow accumulation uh, kind of going around through much of the, the morning hours. What I'm going with now is kind of a broad brush, guys. Um, as low as four inches, as high as eight inches um, in that watch area, and that includes the Indy Metro area. I think there's going to be a real sharp cutoff when you get south of there. I have kind of a one to four inch range. And then down closer to the river, Ohio River, it's only around an inch. So there's going to be a pretty sharp decline in terms of the snowfall accumulations on this one. And again, will the drive home tomorrow evening, 5, 6, 7 o'clock, be affected in any way? Or are we thinking as of right now that the majority of this precipitation is not going to come until the late night hours? Right now, the way I see it, Hammer, is all day, both morning and evening drive for Tuesday should be fine. Um, I think the precip, as of right now, unless this kind of speeds up a little bit, um, most of the indications don't even have some of the precipitation in southern Indiana until around 9 or 10 o'clock tomorrow night, which that would be a little bit later for the rest of central Indiana for that to arrive probably closer to or after uh, midnight into early Wednesday morning. So I think for the vast majority of the state, as it stands right now, I think this is going to be this is going to be a when, mainly Wednesday event. But I, again, I am concerned about the Wednesday morning drive for sure because we're going to be kind of in the heart of it. And the Wednesday evening drive is probably going to be a little difficult too because we'll have some of that accumulating snow um, already on the ground, and you may solve some lighter snow that's flying around uh, by the afternoon and evening drive on Wednesday. Anything we have to worry about after Wednesday? Not nothing too significant okay. right now. Um, I think you've got on the back end as, as sometimes you do on these bigger systems. You get on the on the on kind of wraps around these these lows. You'll get some some scattered lights. No, there's no brutal blast of cold. Um, you know, and, and there's nothing that that indicates to me that we're going to get like some significant bands of snow that's going to pile up. But I do think some flurries or some light snow showers on the back end on Thursday is possible. And we may see that again a little bit on Friday before we kind of dry things out Friday night heading into Saturday. Now, Marcus, the last time we got uh, a little bit of accumulating snow, mm -hmm. we had bitter, nasty, cold yeah. temperatures to go along with it. What kind of uh, temperatures are we looking at here? So it's a good question, and it kind of goes back to what I kind of started this segment off with, is that this isn't set in stone, and there's a lot of details you need to iron out. So the numbers in terms of the temperatures are probably going to hover around freezing. And what that means is, that there's going to be some back and forth. Now, right now, our thinking is that the back and forth between snow and rain is probably going to be in the southern portion of the state. 
But anytime, if you get a switchover, that's going to greatly, greatly hinder the numbers in terms of snowfall, which is why I have such a kind of a wide range uh, here. The other thing that I should mention when it comes to temperatures is, you know, we've been really mild. You know, we kind of got back to average this weekend. We've been really mild. So it's going to be tough for some of this snow to initially stick. So I think there's going to be kind of a difference between how much snow actually falls and how much snow actually accumulates, if that makes sense, because some of it will melt. Um, if you do kind of make a switch over a little bit to rain, some of that will get washed. And so there will be some kind of greatly differing numbers when it comes to snowfall accumulation. But bottom line is, um, and, you know, I, I've mentioned this to you guys several times, um, regardless of the back and forth or how much or whatever, a lot of this is going to happen during the Wednesday morning drive, and that's the, really the point I want to stress, that even if it's only an inch, uh, that can create some problems, let alone if you get five, six, seven or more um, for the morning drive on Wednesday, and I think that's going to make things pretty difficult. Marcus Bailey, if we need some more coverage and we want some more information, how do we find you? Where do we go? You can hit me up on social media. It's Marcus Bailey Weather on Facebook and then at sign Marcus Bailey on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, I'll be on uh, Daybreak on Wish TV starting at 4 a.m. tomorrow. Marcus, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, and happy Marcus. belated birthday. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate you. Nige, we got two things going for us here in Indy when it comes to the weather. Number one, Boss Hogsett has announced his re-election bid. And I'm telling you, if you've lived in the city long enough, you know the roads are never better than when the mayor is running for election. <laughs> like in the past, they'd be like, yeah, snow plow, snow plow, who gives a damn? But when he's running for re-election and oh, there's yeah. a Democratic primary challenger, yeah. you're going to see all systems go when it comes to the roads. At least we should. Not a pothole in sight. Right. Uh, so we've got that going, but we can't stress this enough. We live in Indiana. It snows. Act like you've been here before. There's no nope. need to freak out. There's no need to drive two miles per hour, swerving, taking up every lanes. Just be cool and act like you've been here before. There's a great ad campaign from Michigan. The people that bring you the pure Michigan commercials. Sure, yeah. They put out a tongue-in-cheek little commercial about people who kind of forget how to drive and handle the snow. Every winter in Michigan feels like the first. That first ride down the hill. That first perfectly built snowman. That first snowball fight. And Michiganders can't help but have that first time feeling with winter. Because one day it's clear and sunny, and the next is a goddamn blizzard. <laughs> Their first touch of snow is so cold and blistering that it can kill a senior citizen in under two minutes. Oh, their first sight of a salt truck occurs three weeks after the roads have already turned to ice. <laughs> and in Michigan, they all drive like it's their first winter, handling the roads at a top speed of four miles per hour. <laughs> that is, except for the crazy bastards in their trucks and SUVs. Winter virgins. Idiots. <laughs> Pure Michigan. Don't be a winter yeah, virgin. We can identify for sure. Um. So, a couple... Days ago, I think it was late last week, Nige, we had a poll that showed that Ron DeSantis was beating the brakes off yeah. of Donald Trump in a hypothetical primary. Blowout. Right. And now, according to the Harvard Caps Harris poll, yes. completely the opposite. <laughs> Donald Trump, 20% I mean, lead over Ron DeSantis. I, I, that's why, I mean, I guess polls are fun to talk about a year and a half out of the away from the election, but they're just completely worthless. 
aren't they? Even the they're week of so, the election, they're somehow saying, worthless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just for God's sake, we the, the uh, honestly, it's a complete opposite of what we were talking about and the polling we were um, looking at last week. It was DeSantis blowout, no question about it. DeSantis over Trump, and now what you're telling me is a different. I thought, man, what was that? I think it was another Ivy League poll that we had last week. What, what whatever this, this state, Harvard Harris poll, Trump came in twenty points ahead of his closest challenger. Right. Who was, by the way, Ron DeSantis, Florida Gov. Did you see Ron DeSantis making the rounds uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs and Jags game? Yeah, at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Desa- he was a rock star, man. Like, so, so he is there, Yeah, he went, went to the away game, had right. his family with him. Supporting the Jags. And um, was going around high-fiving Kansas City fans uh, leaving the stadium. Right. They were all yelling at him, run for president! Yes! And he's like laughing and high fiving people. <laughs> and again, there's a popularity with the dude. Yeah, man. But it's crazy. Two polls a week apart. Donald Trump blowout win. Ron DeSantis blowout win. Okay. okay. Polls are worthless right now. All right, Matt Bear, what is going on? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Cameron Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this... Anything Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I will run a couple different stories your way. You tell all of us if the story is really anything or not. Is this anything? Someone who works customer service for an internet company posted this. Get me through to a supervisor now! Record the f- out of this call and get me to a supervisor now! <laughs> Ma'am, there isn't any reason for me to, ma'am. Wow. Okay, ma'am. All right. No. Okay. No. Okay, give me. No. Don't say another word to me. No. I'm going to put you on hold, ma'am. Oh, sounds like the lead singer of Pantera is making a <laughs> phone call to customer service. I like it at the very beginning, Sam. Can you read just replay the very beginning uh, where uh, he she goes, record the F out of this call. Get me through to a supervisor now. Record the f- out of this call. Because <laughs> they always tell you to record that this phone call is being recorded. Record the F out of this call. Oh, Wow. That's something for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely hey man, something. That's totally different. Those are the kind of phone calls we want on this radio station, right? I wish like that. That lady would make it to the front of the line every time if we had a call like that. An angry caller. Whatever happened to the Antifa chick that used to call this program? We used to have Indiana yeah. Antifa yeah. call this program and try to justify all of their nonsense. But she liked listening to us. But she was Antifa. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think working customer service where you're. Well, you have the protection of, of, you know, you're just talking to somebody on the phone rather than a psycho customer at a fast food restaurant. Much more uh, enjoyable dealing with those people. Which brings us to great moments in customer service call history. Okay. This was the iconic Texas man who was upset 
that Jimmy Dean, the sausage company, stopped <laughs> making a specific type of his favorite product. Your product's very delicious. Love your sausage for 30-something years, but I can't take and feed a family of five <laughs> on a little 12-ounce roll of sausage. I don't mind paying you more money for your 16-ounce roll of sausage, but you don't have it anymore. You've got a 12-ounce roll, and you've got three men that weigh over 200 pounds apiece, <laughs> a woman that's a little plump, and a daughter who's 13, and you're going to try to take a 12-ounce roll of sausage and feed that. It ain't going to work. And as far as your 16-ounce and maple and sage, I don't eat that. I'm not from the north. I'm a Texas man, and I'm not going to buy two of those 12-ounce packages just because you want to downsize and charge the same goddamn price. Somebody needs their ass kicked. Great moments in yeah. customer service call I would, I would love to see what this guy's definition of a little plump is. <laughs> a woman who's a little plump. I would love to exactly see his uh, definition. He sounded like uh, Merlin Olson from Little House on the Prairie or something like that. Wow, boy, that's like, pulling it out of left field. Jonathan Garvey, I need Jimmy Dean sausage, 200-pound men live in this house, wife a little bit plump. <laughs> I don't know. It just reminded me of him for some reason. When was the last time, and be honest, you ended a conversation with the phrase, somebody needs their ass kicked? <laughs> I don't think not, not, not recently. Is this anything? A 45-year-old woman in Louisiana was a temporary cafeteria worker at a high school but then she was accused of selling homemade baked goods laced with weed. Oh. And yes, oh. it was apparently happening at the school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this anything? Yes, this is something. This is crazy because she was caught. She she sold it to at least one student, and it sounds like they knew what they were getting. So she was caught when another student found out. And then I was reading about this. He notified the authorities. Crime Stoppers have an app or something like that. And there aren't any. The, the thing that's weird, and I couldn't find any details about the size and the scope of the operation this woman was running. But it's, it's scary because with these cafeteria workers, they're hired by a staffing service. I don't know if that's the way it is in all school districts. This one in Louisiana, was obviously that's the way it works. But... She was hired by a staffing service. This places fill-in employees within schools. So um, I, would, you, I would think the staffing service might be a little hot water as well. So this is definitely something. And, uh, yeah, may, not, the, not the lunch ladies I had when I was a kid, for <laughs> sure, in North Salem Elementary School. Imagine getting a job at a school, <laughs> and your first instinct is, this is going to help oh, yeah. my weed business. That's what it was. Unbelievable. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Hey now, I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nigel yes. is here. A quick shout out to a couple places here, if we may. Uh, our friends at Harry and Izzy's. So they brought up a big spread for Guy Relfer. Look at that. Now, they brought sliders, they brought shrimp, they brought the sauces and everything. Because last week, Guy was talking about how if he were going to be executed, his death row meal would be Harry and Izzy's. So they brought him up a big spread. But Guy's not here. So he was here. We're going to treat this like an award show. <laughs> you know how they say, we accept this award on behalf of somebody? We're going to eat this food on behalf of Guy Relford. <laughs> 
<laughs> so thank you to Harry and Izzy's. You guys are awesome. And also on the south side, my friends at Fifth Avenue uh, Grill and Beach Grove, they hosted the bowling team this past week. Oh, yeah. Took care of the families, took care of the kids. They're doing it again this Friday. Uh, the Beach Grove bowling team going to the semi-state. Nice. So support local business, man. If you're on the south side, uh, they got live music in that joint on the weekends. Go check out Fifth Avenue Grill. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. I think everybody's ready. I'm ready. Let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. Happy birthday, dude. <laughs> Kajan, Kajan, Katanji drowned Jackson. Kajan, Kajan, Katranji drowned Jackson. Oh, man. That's how everybody, yeah, if you're at a stranger's birthday party or you don't know their names, that's how you would sound. Happy birthday, dear Elvis. So. We got more classified documents. They found a buttload more classified documents at Casa de Biden uh, up there in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, Nige. And I've lost track. And how oh, many classified two. documents that they have now. I think we're on round six, but I'm not even sure anymore. It's embarrassing at this point. But this ABC poll. Now, I'm going to read this ABC poll to you. Try not to laugh, okay? It's clear that ABC is trying to carry the water for Joe Biden. Quote, strong majorities of Americans believe that both President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump acted inappropriately when it came to the handling of classified documents. But in weighing their severity, the poll shows that the public believes Trump's actions were way more serious, according to an ABC News poll. How do the people know what's in the documents? They have no idea. They have absolutely no idea. There have been reports that has some stuff in there about Ukraine. When... He was vice president of the United States when Hunter Biden was operating over there, when Hunter Biden was getting paid millions of dollars, supposedly for access and favor to his vice president, when Joe Biden was in charge of Ukraine foreign policy. It's almost like, and you're right, I've lost count. I don't know what, I, I, like it's almost his last words as vice president as he was leaving the White House for the last time, was, ah, oh, screw it, just pack it all up, I'll go through it later. Are you sure you don't want to go through it now, Mr. Uh, Vice President? <laughs> no, 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 just throw it in the back of the that Corvette. Is... <laughs> we'll, we'll unpack it when we get there. We'll go through it all, I promise. 77%, oh, wow. according to this ABC poll, say that Trump acted inappropriately, while only 64% say that Biden acted inappropriately. Now, mind you, Trump's was at Mar-a-Lago in his office in, like, areas that had a safe. Joe Biden's yeah. was next to the WD-40 <laughs> in his garage. Next to the the box full of uh, used rags. And the old case of Playboys that he had from the <laughs> late 70s, early 80s. That's where the classified Ukraine material was at. And oh, by the way, Hunter Biden was around all of this stuff too. But ABC wants you to know that, well, it's Donald Trump, the one you got to keep an eye on. I would love to see what's in those files. If there's anything about Ukraine and the connections to Hunter Biden's laptop in there, 
uh, yeah, I think I better keep these classified documents at home, is, is what maybe he was thinking. And then to allow Hunter, your moron, crack-smoking son, to be around it all. I mean, this idiot filled out paperwork that said he was there. Oh, yeah, he had a $50,000 rent charge, which coincidentally was also the same amount that was paid to a Chinese bank, but that's neither here nor mm. there. Um, other Joe Biden news, his public approval rating at the lowest level of his presidency. This is from Reuters and an Ipsos poll from last week. 40% of Americans approved of his performance, which is fancy talk for 60% think he stinks. <laughs> and that's right now? I mean, you could imagine it couldn't get any lower after the Afghanistan debacle. So you look at these poll numbers here. Do you think he still considers himself the front runner for 2024? Mm. Uh, probably not. I wouldn't think so, especially now with um, the press has turned on him uh, quite a bit with these classified documents. You have his um, uh, chief of staff, Ron Klain, uh, uh, possibly leaving his position, uh, which is kind of curious, very odd. Uh, I don't think so. I really don't. I definitely I, I think that Democrats don't run him to run. I have no idea who they're going to put in his place. They can't, they can't win with Kamala. Like they can't you wouldn't with, think. I didn't think they could win with Joe Biden, but here we are. Uh, but maybe Ron Klain's jumping ship to work with Kamala. I don't know. <laughs> but Biden is underwater right now. And when reached for comment about his low approval numbers, here's what Joe Biden had to say. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. <laughs> you got me on that one. I thought a real clip was coming. Well, that is a real clip. <laughs> I know, I know it's a real clip, but I, within the context of what you were actually talking about, I thought, oh boy, I so, should have known better. So you mentioned it earlier, New York Times broke the story that Ron Klain, shortly after the State of the Union address, expected to leave his role as chief of staff. Very curious. I mean... Uh, right in the middle of the scandal and as as his boss is deciding whether or not to run for president in 2024. I find it very, the timing is very curious. Hasn't been a lot of turnover in Biden in Biden's office. Kamala Harris, it's been a, a revolving door. She's been a disaster. People hate working for her. But um, I, we don't know for sure. I'm curious to see how this got leaked out because we don't know for sure what's going on. Klain leaked it out. He wanted everybody to know, <laughs> I am leaving on my own. Yeah. I don't want any part of what may or may not be coming down from the Department of yeah. Justice in regards yep. to these classified files. Now, it's also being reported by the New York Times that Jeff Zients, he is the top COVID advisor to, Donald, to uh, Joe Biden. He was most likely the one to take over that chief of staff spot. Now, if this name sounds familiar to you, he was the guy that said, if you didn't get your COVID shot, you were headed for the winter of death. We are intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing, and we will get through this. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. For yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. Yeah, I mean, that's the guy that was responsible with... Um along with Walensky and others from the CDC for awful COVID policies that led, um, you know, lockdown, school closures, stuff like that. Right. 
And how do all of these types of people that have been wrong repeatedly and fear mongers over and over again, how do these people keep getting promotions? Ron Klain was a moron. He became the chief of staff. This guy, prepare yourself for the winter of death. <laughs> Put that on a Christmas card. I'm sending that out. I'm sure. Merry Christmas from the Bidens. P.S. Prepare for the winter of death. You're going to make this guy the chief of staff? Yeah, that's really going to help you with the approval numbers. I can imagine the first press conference. <laughs> Excuse me. Aren't you the guy that said prepare for the winter of death? <laughs> yep, that's me. Okay, just, just making sure. Um, according to Joe Manchin and in an interview that he did with Chuck Todd on meet the press, it sounds like he's kind of kicking the tires on a presidential run. Is reelection on the table? Everything's on the table. Is running for governor on the table or no? No, I, I, okay. I've done that. That I, you've I, ruled out. I've done that. Yeah. So everything on the table, there's basically only one other thing, the presidency. Is that something you would do outside the Democratic Party? The only thing I can tell you is what I will do is whatever I can when I make my decision, what I think is the best that I can support and represent the people of West Virginia, but also be true to this country and the Constitution of this country. That sounds like something, somebody that's looking for a way into national politics. Well, you know, every senator is on a national... I understand that, but you know where I'm going. I know where you're going, and the bottom line is... is You're not telling me no. I'm telling you that I'm going to do everything I can to make sure when I make my decision, I make it based on what's best, what I think I can do to support and best for my country and my state. He's just not left enough for all the crazy radical progressives in that party. Joe Manchin. Some would say he's not left at all. Right, right. I mean, what are you? He's pro gun, pro fuel, pro coal, pro uh, uh, oil and drilling. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think. I, I think it'd be huge with independence. I think, um, you know, boy, between him and Donald Trump, who would win an election between Donald Trump and Joe Manchin? Donald Trump going away. Yeah. I think Donald Trump would win so? going away. Yes. Um, I'm curious, though, if Manchin sees himself as a Democrat or as an independent. Are we talking about a third party run here or are you trying to primary Joe Biden? Because I don't know if you can primary Joe Biden just because of the machine the sure. support system. It is a machine. That's behind uh, the weekend at Bernie's body. That is Joe Biden <laughs> at this point. So he's going to almost have to do it as an independent, which would mean he'd have to officially leave the Democratic Party, pull a cinema and say, screw you guys, I'm yeah. out. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Right now it's 33 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Man, Hammer, did you see that memorial over the weekend for uh, that pro-Trump vlogger, Diamond? Diamond and Silk. You ever heard of Diamond yeah. and Silk? Yeah. A couple of uh, sisters that were very popular. Um, just And so Diamond uh, died of, I, I believe, uh, cardiac arrest. Uh, had a heart attack. And Diamond's memorial was Saturday night in New York. Um, I'm sorry, North Carolina. This is her sister Silk, kind of suggesting that her death may have had something to do with the COVID vaccine. Instead of asking 
if Americans are vaxxed or unvaxxed. The real question to ask is, are Americans being poisoned? In the wild, when they want to depopulate and sterilize a large group of animals, they usually inject one animal. And then that one animal infect the rest of the animals. So technically, and according to the science, it doesn't matter if you're vaxxed or not. As long as the gain of function allows one injected person to transfer and infect another person, and that person infect another person, eventually everyone will be affected in one way or the other. What do you think, Hammer? Seems a little uh, out there for a memorial service. Like, instead of talking about the amazing memories with your sister, the family times together, that was the time that you, you know, chose to use right there. It seems a little bizarre. There's more, though. This is, again, the sister. This is Silk talking about Diamond. People are dropping dead around here. And nobody's talking about it. They're dropping dead suddenly and unexpectedly. The catchphrase is sad, S-A-D, sudden adult death syndrome. Many calls it a conspiracy theory. I call it murder. Mm. That's pretty strong. And I get she's probably angry. There's a lot of emotions going through, and you never want to judge somebody at a memorial service because you don't know the emotional roller coaster that they're on. But it was kind of... It was out there a little bit. Is that appropriate for a memorial service? Is is I mean, it's pretty much par for the course for you know how outspoken and opinionated those girls were. Right, right. That's what they did for a living. Now there um, was a bizarre part to this. So Silk was talking about how they loved Donald Trump and they spent time with Donald Trump and they considered Donald Trump a friend. Well, Donald Trump was there and he spoke and basically said. Yeah, I had no idea who Silk was. I'm serious. I thought I knew them both. I didn't. I knew I knew Diamond, but I didn't know Silk at all. I just learned about Silk. You're fantastic. You're going to carry on beyond beyond anybody's wildest imagination. So, I mean, I she's up there that. pouring her heart and soul out. We love Donald Trump. We've had conversations. He goes up there. I know one of them. I didn't know the other one. <laughs> and by the way, it's got to be awkward for Donald Trump going up there, uh, especially following, you know, he's the guy that came up with uh, Operation Warp Speed and pushed the vaccines, and, and she's up there saying, uh, well, vaccines uh, might be making people drop dead. That's got to be awkward for Trump as well. Coming up here in just a moment, again, keeping our eye on the weather system. It's going to be an interesting 48 hours here in Indy, plus new numbers from the border. Don't go anywhere. It's Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. Hammer, when they say that, I heard Harrison talking about it at the top of the hour. I think it's what it's 1 a.m. Wednesday, the winter storm watch in Central Indy kicks in. We do have some serious weather coming in town uh, late tomorrow night uh, into Wednesday morning. Um, it's going to start Tuesday night in Southern Indiana, make its way north. And then I guess, as Marcus Bailey was describing it, it's going to be two waves. The one late Tuesday night, southern Indiana, the second wave late 
uh, into Wednesday morning. Uh, heavy snow, four to eight inches is what Marcus Bailey told us last hour. And of course, you got to keep it locked here, 93 WIBC, as we will be giving you updates all day long. Wednesday morning commute is looking like it might be hell. And I know Tony Katz and Matt Bear, they will have you covered with everything that you need to know. Give yourself extra time. You've got time right now to plan for Wednesday morning. You do. I'm anticipating, and we haven't heard anything finalized yet, but there probably are going to be school delays, possibly a few cancellations, um, maybe going to work. You may have a little bit of a delay, but still, Give yourself extra time on Wednesday morning because that morning drive is shaping up to be nasty. Look at that headline on our, our news gathering partners right there. Got Ooh, going. That's not good. Carmel prosecutor arrested for paying for sex. <laughs> got news for you, pal. We all pay for it <laughs> one way or the other. One way or the other. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, wow, so that's that's frowned upon apparently in Carmel. That's <laughs> yes, it's frowned upon. That's not good. Uh, but going back to the uh, the forecast here again, I said this earlier. Yeah. What I'm looking forward to is the coverage because you know me, I'm a weather nerd. I love to watch severe weather coverage. I want to see who Wish TV puts outside in the elements in the freezing cold in the snow by the highway telling you don't go out in the freezing cold or on the highway it's gonna be phil sanchez <laughs> phil we know you got this cush gig you're a you're an anchor you're one of the main you're one of the you have the face of uh, wish tv but get the hell outside and broadcast from the sidewalk remember when we had our podcast before the uh, show came to the radio we had a very distinguished news anchor who still works here in Indianapolis, tell us a story of how <laughs> there was, I guess, the people that had called into work, so they were short-staffed, but an established, high-profile news anchor had to go cover a murder in a port <laughs> Yes. Yes, I remember that. It's not uh, where you want to be. I, I remember that story, but I don't know, I, I, I don't know who you're talking about. Okay. Um, but <laughs> great moments in weather coverage history. Yeah. Jim Cantori. Of the Weather Channel. He's the guy that puts on the batting helmet during hurricanes and does yes. all kinds of crazy stuff. There was a storm in Chicago that had thunder snow. And thunder snow Ooh. is a very rare phenomenon where it's like a thunderstorm and there's lightning and there's thunder, but snow is falling from the sky. Jim Cantori was pretty excited about it. Oh, <laughs> listen to that. Son of a... Oh, yes! 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 We got it, baby! We got it! We got it! Woo! Woo! We got it! Yes! Listen to that! Listen to that! Oh, baby! Oh! Again! Again! That's a twofer! That's a twofer, baby! Yes! 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 Again! That's a three! You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! Oh my God! <laughs> Winds have really picked up in through here, and there's another one. That's number. You gotta be kidding me! Wow! You can have your 500 million dollar jackpot in Powerball or whatever the heck it was, but I'll take this baby. Four, four lightning strikes, four episodes of thunder snow. <laughs> Jim Cantori. Did he drop a son of a bee in there at the, at the first clip live on TV on the Weather Channel? The first one startled them, I believe. 
That was an amazing montage. I had never heard that before. That sounds like me the uh, year that the Cubs were running through the World Series. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Do you believe it? I can't believe it! Son of a Oh, man, I wasn't that excited when I found out I was having kids. <laughs> this guy's having a, the big O over thunder snow. Thunder! So I'm looking forward to some coverage the next couple of days. Uh, we got some numbers from the border, Big Nige. Border Patrol in Del Rio reports that agents have arrested 10 sex offenders so far this oh, month. Wonderful. Those are the ones we know about. At 38 since October 1st. And a majority of these are men who are pedophiles who have been convicted of sex crimes against children. Oh, but they're, I'm sure they're cl claiming asylum, right? The terror watch list arrests under President Joe Biden so far this year. Fiscal year 23, 38, 38 terrorists, people on a watch, arrested at the border. To put in perspective, there were only 98 in the fiscal year of 22. We already have 38. Wow. Fiscal year of 21, there was 15. 20, there was three. There weren't any in 19. And now we have 38 that we know of. And that's important because according to the CBP, there have been approximately 1.2 million known gotaways. And we don't know about the unknowns. Yeah, those are the gotaways or the unknowns. 1.2 yeah, million those known are, gotaways. Yeah, so, so 38 so far uh, in January of this month. And, and those are the, only the ones we know about. And the gotaways are the ones that concern me. That's got to send a chill down everybody's spine. The gotaways. that We don't have any idea who they are, where they're at. We just know that they got through. And we've got sex offenders and folks on the terror watch list coming in like they've never came in before. Uh, in Atlanta over the weekend, things turned, quote, mostly peaceful pretty damn quick. And some windows were broken. Cars were set on fire. Oh. People were being shot at. They had some riots. This is the Atlanta mayor, Andre Dickens. Many of them don't even live in Atlanta or in the state of Georgia, and they don't represent the voices of Atlanta. And to those, and some of them were found with explosives on them. Uh, you heard that correctly, explosives, and that has led to a, a police uh, officer's car being uh, set on fire and other destruction has occurred. And so make no mistake about it, these individuals meant harm to people and to property. You heard that, right? From a Democrat mayor, from a black mayor in Atlanta, yeah. these people meant harm. They wanted to destroy property. They wanted to harm people. Then explain to me why CNN continues to try to carry the water for these groups of rioters, these organized rioters. And by the way, the majority of them were not from Atlanta. By continually, continually saying, well, it really wasn't violent. Take a listen to this local no. reporter that went on CNN. You know, you keep using these words, violent, 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 violent. Um, and it, it gives the impression, I mean, the only violence that, that or, or the only acts of, of violence against people that I saw were, were actually police tackling protesters. So you kidding me here? Are you kidding me? Like, how... Is that not violent? Windows were broken. Cars were set on fire. Mostly peaceful protests only caused $4 billion worth of damage. Somebody got killed. Yeah. 
that shot at a police officer who had to get plastic surgery to recover. You were found with explosives. Mostly peaceful, my ass. Matt Bear. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel show. Here in just a few minutes, very special guest, Sergeant John Perrine from the Indiana State Police, going to be talking about recruitment and also how to navigate these roads the next couple of days when the bad winter weather comes in. There's going to be some idiots out there driving. Ask him how to avoid that. If I were John Perrine, I would kind of take on this like wrestling persona and call myself the fine John Perrine. <laughs> he'll, he'll be with us after the news a little bit by uh, bottom of the hour. And speaking of bad drivers, people online are talking about their biggest driving pet peeves. And several have mentioned a, a word that I have not heard of before. Nice holes. <laughs> so these are people that think <laughs> these are people that think they're being nice, but it's actually dangerous out on the road. And they're called what again? Nice holes. <laughs> okay. For example, one person said, uh, "Nice people who stop in the middle of a roundabout to let cars enter." No, you don't stop in the middle of the no. roundabout no. to let cars enter. So that's an example of being a, a nice, nice hole. hole. Good intentions, but it creates problems for everybody else. This one I have quite. Yeah, this one's pretty bad too. Randomly stopping in the middle of the road to let someone in oncoming traffic turn left in front of them. Okay, that makes you a nice hole. So if I'm going on Rockville Road, right, and yeah. I'm heading up toward a fast food or restaurant place, yeah, and somebody yeah. wants to turn into the place in front of me, I'm not supposed to let them do that. I don't think so. I think they're supposed to. I think you're supposed to get to the other side of the the road and then go in that way. No, I, I disagree with that. Like, if you want to let one person across, that's okay, but no more than one. Like, I'm not letting you and the 18 cars behind you go, but I'll let one person go. These are. Uh, People that drive their cars are called nice holes. They they think they're being nice, but it's actually dangerous. Waving people through a four-way stop when it's your turn to go. That's annoying if you're behind them. Well, the only time you would wave is if you don't know whose turn it yeah, is. Yeah, if you get there at the same time. Right. Maybe flash your brights at them or something. Was this list on Reddit? Because there's a lot of That's stupid stung, people on yeah. Reddit. Here are some other driving pet peeves people mentioned in this post. Uh, holding everyone up by trying to make a left turn at a time when it's borderline impossible what if you have to go left again i get it nobody likes to have to make that turn yeah. but sometimes you like have to when i'm trying sometimes on the west side uh, i'm headed to uh, the boathouse and uh, you know i'm headed west on 56th street it's you know before you get to 465 before you get to the colts complex I could either I could either hold up traffic behind me and and turn left into the boathouse, cross crossing two lanes, right? Even though I don't think you're supposed to when it's double yellow, or I could go to the light, then turn left and then turn left again on the side road. So you're basically just making a big, you know, that's turn, yes. man. Turn left. People who jump out from a side street or parking lot, cutting you off, and then the drive 
slower than you're doing. Now that is a problem, and I don't even know where we get the nice hole from this. That's yeah, just a problem. The, the, we've moved on from nice holes. These okay, are just, these are just a holes. Right. If you're gonna cut in front of me, you better go. Because if not, I'm going to pull up next to you to make sure you look as stupid as you drive. People pulling out right in front of you when there's a large gap of no traffic right behind me. Right. I've right. seen that. That, that, that. that really annoys me. People in the left lane at an intersection that inch up when you're in the right lane due to apparently not realizing that you're trying to see around them to make the legal right turn. Okay. Uh, not accelerating on the, on the up on ramp. People driving the same speed side by side on the highway. And oh, that's a, the worst, especially if it's a two-lane yeah, so, road. So yeah, it's like you're basically essentially creating a roadblock. And no one can pass, and that's include that includes the trucks. Right. We got in trouble for doing that at radio now when we were here. I think our new morning show it was the morning mess with Marco and uh, uh, Billy, and they got all the radio now vehicles out on four sixty five. Um, and and we're all going 55 miles an hour in all three lanes. <laughs> and it was causing such a backup, like traffic, like our, I think Somalian got involved and had to call down here and say, have them stop doing that right now. It was like right. a big promotion. But Somebody's just, trying to get to work. Somebody's yeah. trying to get to the hospital, but the wacky morning zoo guys want to do 55. <laughs> Driving with your high beams on in traffic, that's always annoying, especially when you're on a a two-lane road and they're coming at you and you don't notice right you know there's a lot of cars now that the newer ones the lights they change automatically well and some of the other new ones i say you can't tell whether they're bright or not they're so bright and then i flash them and then they end up flashing me back with the really high beams and blinding me <laughs> on the do list you, do, do you have on the list guy that slams on the horn the very moment that the light changes like it's like he's ready to drag race like he's at raceway yeah, park so he's behind you right and you don't notice right away right and I, i've literally got my foot on the gas i'm getting ready to go and he slams it on because i teach my oldest who drives Pretend like everybody around you is a moron, and they're going to run the light. Yeah. As soon as it changes, man, make sure everybody's cool before <laughs> you go. And you got, you know, you know, bad, Billy Badass back here yeah. honking the horn. I, I just I don't use the horn anymore because you never know who you never know who's on in that other vehicle. You never know it's some crazy bastard that's going to roll down the window and start blasting. So does it you make know? you a crazy bastard if you use the horn? Because I'm a big horn guy. <laughs> you are, you are a horn guy. <laughs> People on their phones. Um, that's it, man. That's the that's, new drunk driving. It is. People who refuse to let another driver in during an obvious, you know, merge. Oh yeah. Um, if you're not look, look, I'm trying to do my best. I go through it every night on Illinois Street, trying to get down to 65, pulling out of the uh, parking lot. Nobody lets me through. <laughs> Nobody lets me in. I like. I just have to swerve. Being a courteous driver way. is a part of having a car and a license. Now, I hate it when you let one person in, but the car behind it thinks, oh, I'm with him. Yes. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will bump draft your ass. I will knock you into the wall. I'm letting one car in. What if you pull up to a stoplight and there, and, and you know, there's a side road, and do you stop and let the guy in at the stoplight? So, in other words, like, if you pulled up to the stoplight and you're like the third or fourth car 
do you block the side road so other people can't get out, or do you leave a space? I try to leave a space. I try to leave a space. Yes. Yeah, whenever I can, I, I try to do that, because otherwise you do look like an a-hole just sitting right. there. Real quick, before uh, we get uh, Sergeant John Prine on the air, have you seen the size of the world's largest toad? I tweeted this out earlier. <laughs> is, is that what you put on Twitter earlier? That that thing, that, <laughs> they found it in Australia. It's a six-pound toad. It it's takes, a big mamma jamma. It, it takes two hands. Scroll, go to Ad Hammer and Nigel. Scroll down a little bit and check this thing out. And, uh, you know, we decided to, to make a quick tribute from Hammer and Nigel Records. We were in a uh, blue, uh, blue oyster cult kind of mood. They found a toad that weighs almost six pounds and they don't want him anywhere near their town. Toadzilla. <laughs> Wildlife officials believe it could be Toadzilla. the toad on record. Oh no! They say he's got to go. Go, go, Toadzilla! <laughs> <laughs> there it is from Hammer and Nigel Records. Sergeant John Perrine, the fine Sergeant John Perrine. He should totally use that moniker. Yes. Um, and we'll have him on next right after a look at the news. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. We'll go straight to the drivehubler.com hotline. Bring on one of our favorite guests, Sergeant John Perrine, Indiana State Police Public Information Officer. John, I saw you uh, on TV this morning on our with our uh, news gathering partners there at the uh, police aviation hangar uh, talking about hiring new troopers. Looking good, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Do you fly in that helicopter? Have you been in that thing that uh, Cody Adams was was uh, ch- checking out this morning? You know, I, I've been in it, but but I'm not uh, not an everyday flyer. I've I've been in it maybe twice, and so uh, yeah, don't don't get a lot of opportunities to go up in that thing. That thing, that thing looked cool, man. So you are right, tell us tell us uh, initially, um, you know exactly what the Indiana State Police is doing in this push to hire some new troopers. Well, we're certainly we're just looking for good people, good, honest, hardworking people that that are motivated, that that want to do the job, want to serve their community, and and we know they're out there, and we're just letting them know. Uh, not only are we hiring, but 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 we want them to see some of the things that we do within our agency outside of just patrolling the roads and, and the highways. Well, that is one of the. Is that a misconception that all the you know all you guys do? The Indiana State Troopers, as opposed to like IMPD or something like that, is is yeah. patrol the highways, and that's a misconception, yeah, that, isn't it? Yeah, that's a big misconception. We're we're not a highway patrol, although it is an important part of our job. Sure. And, you know, I, I I get frustrated at the conversation when people say, "Well, all you do is write tickets," or or this. I don't enjoy writing tickets. It's not what I wake up saying. That's what I want to do. But what I enjoy even less is standing on somebody's doorstep telling them their loved one's not coming home because of a crash. So that's why we write tickets. So it's safer hmm. for your family and for my family. So, But, but the Indiana State Police is a full-service police agency. So um, we cover all 92 counties. We, we have uh, people in those counties. And, and within our agency, we've got all types of investigations. Every criminal detectives, we have cyber crimes detectives, we have child crimes detect- detectives, white-collar crimes detectives. Uh, crime scene investigators. So all these things that you see, that, that people see on TV, we have that, and we want them to join ISP to, so they can have the opportunity to, to experience those things. So you mentioned all the different things that go into uh, the Indiana State Police. Let's say somebody's listening right now that says, you know what, I really want to help law enforcement, but at the same time, I don't want to be in a position to be shot at. Is there a place for someone like that? 
Well, we certainly do have a lot of what we call professional staff opportunities. And, you know, our crime lab is, is staffed with, with non-police officers, people who have gone to college for, for other degrees and other backgrounds. And, and so, yeah, we, we have a lot of opportunities that don't uh, include going through the police academy, driving a police car, and, and carrying a, a gun belt and things like that. Sergeant John Perrine, uh, Indiana State Police PIO, uh, joining us on the Hammer and Nigel show, uh, talking about hiring new troopers and recruiting. So tell me how, how it's going for you guys so far. I know we, we spoke with uh, the president of the FOP, Rick Snyder, last week. IMPD recruiting is down. Um, uh, how is it going? Are things in a more positive direction, you think, in 2023? What do you think is uh, going to happen? Well, I certainly hope so, and and it's it's not unique to Indiana or us or IMPD. It's a it's a nationwide problem that that the the days of getting a couple thousand applications uh, for for these positions are are limited, and and we don't we don't see that anymore. And so um, we we have incredible police agencies in the state of Indiana all across the state, and and we're all competing for the same people. Uh, it seems like we're fishing from the same pond, and that pond just keeps yeah. getting smaller. So. Uh, so what can we do from ISP to, to go out and target those individuals who want a law enforcement career? And that is, let, let's advertise what we do beyond uh, our, our patrol efforts and, and the, the things that we have available to us. Uh, one badge, endless opportunities is kind of our, our motto through this recruiting pitch. And uh, we, do, we just want folks to know that, that we're, we're out in the communities, helping these communities and, and doing lots of, lots of really cool things. John, is it a fair assessment to say that it's kind of like what college sports has become right now with the recruiting that's going on, you're competing against other states to try to bring in people to your organization and you have to offer better things. You know, in college sports, it's scholarships, it's NIL money. It's what can we do for your education? Is it like that with law enforcement right now? You know, I I think that's a fair assessment and and we're certainly trying to do things differently uh, this last class that went through for the first time that I can think of in history got a signing bonus, a $5,000 signing bonus for making it through the academy and through training. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it, it really is competitive. And, and although I don't know that, that money is 100% the answer, uh, we're certainly thankful that, that Governor Holcomb has, has announced a proposal to increase our starting pay from 53000 up to $70,000. And if that proposal goes through, that puts us in the, in the ballpark of these other agencies to be able to recruit these people, the, these folks that want to be police officers. What if somebody's listening right now, they have a dream of being a, a law enforcement officer to protect and serve, but they look at themselves in the mirror and they're not exactly in the best of shape and they don't know if yeah. physically they could perform the job, but they have, you know, they have a passion for what you do. Would you still go ahead and recommend them? Going through the academy or, or, or going through an application process yeah, at some point? Yeah, without question. Start today. The, the, the things that should never catch you off guard for our hiring process are, are the physical uh, tests, you know, the push-ups, the sit-ups, the, the runs, and things like that. So start today. Uh, I, I won't use his name, but 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I trained a brand-new trooper uh, in, in field training. That's after you get out of the academy. They spend a couple months riding with other troopers. And, and this young man had lost over 100 pounds to join the state police because that's what he wanted to do. He, he worked his tail off, uh, lost that hundred pounds, made it through the Academy. And he's a fantastic trooper today. What kind of things happen at the Academy? What, what process is that? Like how long does that take? And, and, and like you said, uh, apparently after your training at the Academy is over, you, they, they ride along with a veteran for a while and yeah, train. And, 
Yeah, so, so the actual academy, uh, you get paid from day one of the academy, so you start making your salary uh, in the academy. Uh, but it's, it's five days a week. You stay there overnight. It's, it's very disciplined. It's, it's very structured. Um, a, lot of, a lot of classroom work. You know, you're, you're going through all the criminal law stuff, all the civil law things, uh, just a lot of different classrooms. And then about halfway through the 24 weeks, it shifts into more scenario-based trainings where you're doing hands-on things. But, you know, everything from, from learning how to shoot all the weapons that we have to driving a car and, and you know, all the things that, that go into that you would think would go into a police academy, get crammed into that 24 weeks, and then once you graduate, you come out and you've got about three more months of, of riding with, with troopers and, and learning the day-to-day job before you get issued a brand-new patrol car. Hmm. Sergeant John Perrine is our guest, Indiana State Police Public Information Officer. Sergeant, are you going to be out in the elements the next couple of nights? We're expecting anywhere from one to 875,000 inches of snow, apparently. (laughs) Are you going to be out in this kind of stuff? I will, as always. Um, you know, the, the thing is, for, for us first responders, us as troopers, we, we hear these snow totals. We start cringing because we know what that day brings. But the thing is, it doesn't have to bring that. You know, these people don't have to crash. They go out and crash because they drive like knuckleheads, not because there's snow on the ground. The snow doesn't cause the crash. And so if people would just slow down uh, and take it easy, uh, we wouldn't cringe so much for these days that are coming. Yeah, so, so what else do people need to know? about uh being out in the elements um i mean do you have a list of uh, uh, bullet points that you go down and tell people look if you have to if you have to be out in the weather here's what to do here's what not to do and you know i I would say 90 percent or better of all the crashes that we investigate in snowstorms have to do with somebody going too fast and it's not always their driving ability or you know maybe they've got four-wheel drive, which is, you know, they think they can go the, the highway speed because they have all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. But there's other drivers on the road that you can't always predict what they're going to do. And if you're going 60 miles an hour and somebody pulls in front of you and there's snow on the ground, guess what? You're probably going to crash. So slow down, be patient with the other drivers, increase that following distance. I mean, we see so many rear-end collisions because people can't get stopped on the snow. Uh, but remember, the snow is never at fault for a crash. So what you're telling me is that I should do about 85 with chains on my tires and my lights off. Is that what I'm hearing, Sergeant? Well, I, I think with your driving ability, you could probably get away with that. But most people aren't up, up to your par. Are the troopers' cars, are the vehicles you guys use, I mean, they're they're pretty good. They're pretty maneuverable in the snow. They, I mean, you don't exactly have to have like a four-wheel drive pickup truck do you right i mean you is it is all yeah. wheel your cars are all wheel drive i'm assuming they, they are and, and you know through my I, i've been a trooper for, for 20 years now and i started with the old rear wheel drive crown vic and, and we yeah. made it through right just slow and steady take it easy but now um these last few years we've been being issued all wheel drive chargers and it's a game changer on the snow i'll tell you all right indiana state police currently accepting applications where can people go to get that process started yeah, it's simple. www.indianatrooper.com. Anything you need to know about ISP recruiting is on that website. Uh, the Twitter handle is at ISP Recruiting. Indianatrooper.com yeah. is the website. Sergeant, you're always welcome on this program. Let let your boys know that, that the Hammer and Nigel show support you 100%. My family has a background with Indiana State Troopers as well. So we appreciate you putting your lives on the line for us every day. And please here, especially in the next couple of days, uh, stay safe out there with the weather. Hey, thanks, guys. We, we always appreciate your support, your kind words, and, and you guys be careful as well. And thank you for this opportunity. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are gonna read booze news, cause it's really fun. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. Never will present booze news, booze news. And a complete and updated forecast of what you can expect here in terms of the weather the next couple of days after 6 o'clock. Another hour of the Hammer Nigel show coming up right now. Hammer, always looking for new ways to cure hangovers. Absolutely. It's kind of a hobby of mine. Here's one way. <laughs> it involves it involves dunking your head into ice water multiple times. This is a new one. It's going around on social media. One man's hangover cure is another torture at Guantanamo. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying no. no. You don't put a towel over your face and dump a bucket over your head. No. You stick your uh, face into ice water multiple times. People seem to generally have, you know, be receptive to this strategy. Like, you see this in the old way. I don't think this is anything new. They're like those old I've watched a hundred episodes of Little House on the Prairie with my 11-year-old. Half of them are like like when somebody's drunk and they're shoving somebody's head into a horse trough yes. over and over and over again. Trying well, they to did that the shooter in Hoosiers, remember? Yeah, that's right. So here is Dr. Chris Jackson. They've done a, uh, they've done studies on this, apparently. And he is a pharmacist talking about the hangover cure strategy that he says activates the diver's reflex. This is the ice bowl method to activate the diver's reflex. Hold your face in the water for five to ten seconds and repeat three times and it's going to give you some relief. If you want to avoid this method, don't forget to prime your body by hydrating, adding electrolytes, and throwing in an alcohol metabolism aid. I, I don't know. I would think yeah, that, that would sober me up. That would cure a hangover. That would take my mind off my headache by shoving my head into a bucket of ice water, don't you think? Well, like, if the whole point is just to take your mind off the headache, wouldn't the same thing happen if you just kick somebody in the crotch? <laughs> yeah, but then, you're, then you have an achy crotch. But you won't notice the headache. <laughs> like, you're going to have a freezing cold I'm face and sure. you're going to be miserable, but you won't notice the headache. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, okay, all right. Maybe Nigel shot point. me in the leg. Yeah, my head doesn't hurt anymore, <laughs> but I've got other issues. Do we have a time for a quick... We get time for one more, do we? Sure. We time for Fire it all. Fireball is getting sued. Allegedly marketing their little tiny small bottles. Sure. Those singles. They usually sell them at gas stations as whiskey, but they're really a malt beverage. You compare Like, you go to the regular liquor store, you buy those little minis, and the alcohol percentage and the, the content is different than what you find the ones in the, in the, the gas big station, right? Apparently, they use the same graphic in the large size whiskey bottles, or some claim it's it's hard to tell the difference, and and it's done on purpose. It's like a more multi, not as much alcohol when you buy them at the gas station as when you would a liquor store, and they're being sued. A lot what of a, good fireball shot, though. I'm not gonna oh, lie to you. Oh yeah, and those little minis. We've had those yeah. at uh, some of our live broadcasts before. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. All right, more updates on what you can expect here. In the the next couple of days with the weather coming up next. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.